0: department up and running all right so much so much i'm full i'm full ah. thank you lord thank you lord <laughs> oh, I'll tell you this joke how's that <laughs> this little boy went to his father and asked him where we all come from where all the people come from he says well it all started with Adam and Eve and they had children and when they grew up more children and we all started from came from there and he went and asked his mother the same question and his mother said well we were monkeys and then we evolved into what we are now so the son went back to the father and he said, you lied to me. He said, no, I didn't. Your mother was talking about her side of the family. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this day. God's will was done, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, this wonderful day that you've given us to come here, your precious children, to worship you, to learn, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for uh, the communion that we've been able to partake of, as you've asked us to do, in remembrance of you, until your return, which we pray is uh, is quickly. Lord, we just say, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And uh, meanwhile, help us to be empowered and strengthened in your word and in our authority and identity as your children to do the work that you have for us to do. The harvest field is plentiful, but the workers are few. So prepare us and make us usable, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs> Been talking about um, life after the Spirit. Amen. Any of you remember that? <laughs> okay. Good. Setting the mind. Setting the mind. That tells us that it, there's a part for us to play. We set the mind. That's in our soulless realm, right? The born-again spirit is already in agreement with God. Already has the mind of God. The All the love, joy, and peace we're ever going to need is in our born-again spirit. And then there's our flesh on the other side, which always... Sort of uh, wants what it wants Goes by its natural senses And motion, What it can feel And, uh, and our soulless realm has to decide Which one we're going to choose Even after we're born again Now we have the ability To always choose God Now that he's evicted that sin nature That we were born with That spawn of Satan that... So now we have the ability To agree with God And to do God's will At every, every choice we make Nothing compelling us not to. As a matter of fact, with every temptation, God said he's made a way for us out of it. And he'll never give us more than we can handle. And one of the things that I lean on all the time is, like Peter preached in that first first, uh, days of the church, is that we can always count on times of refreshing with the Lord. So when I'm going through something, I'm always looking forward to the times of refreshing because I know that's a promise, and I remind him of it, and I think on that, and I try to dwell on that. You know, that uh, and it it brings about good instead of evil. We focus on the negative; it brings about more of the negative. Huh? Luke six forty three through 49, Jesus said a tree, uh, for for a good tree bears, no, no good tree bears bad fruit. We're talking about trees, he's talking about us. The Bible uses a lot of things like that, and if you learn those, it'll help you to read the Old Testament through New Covenant lenses, and it'll help you a lot. <laughs> no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from the bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's talking about your words. We talked about our words last week to some degree, Right? When we speak, we're bringing forth good from our hearts. If we choose to speak life, which we have the ability to, and we should be trying to, working on growing that direction. Amen. Amen. To bless and not curse. To love and to forgive and to be the the head only and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Free of all the curse. Blessed and, and favored and loved child of God. huh? Then when we do We are affecting the spiritual realm around us We have a big impact on the spiritual realm And how it affects us And even others around us And so we want that spiritual world The angels of God To always be working on our behalf And we don't want to give legal right Or inroads to the enemy And his fallen angels or demons They're not angels anymore, huh? We want to slam all those doors tight and open up the wide the windows of heaven, huh? Yes. And then we'll be satisfied with the fruit thereof, huh? Yes. Of our lips. We need to be first responders. We don't want to react, huh? We don't want to react from the flesh, but we want to respond from the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. Yes. God, the third person of the Trinity. We want to choose faith over fear, over death, huh? Yeah. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So there's three things we're talking about that we we're sort of covering. So I just want to mention quickly, I've got some, something really special I want to talk to you about today. Because we're still talking about how to affect this spiritual realm on our behalf because once we learn to do that then we learn how to do it for others huh and that's our that's 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 the thing that's this that's the the slogan that's the motto that's the 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 thing on our church for grace and truth church is help it's not a cry for help it's a declaration to be healed everywhere we hurt, empowered by god's word and promises to be loved with the love of god up to overflowing and to prosper in way. help Huh? So our words are releasing spiritual, supernatural beings to work on our behalf and when we speak life. And so does our praise, huh? And our prayer. Right? Okay, so those are very important things in the life of a believer. And we need to learn the value of choosing, setting the mind, huh? Choosing to praise Him, God, the Father, Jesus Christ in the midst of the storm the storms of our life the trials and tribulations that we go through Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I've overcome the world if you wait till everything is perfect you may never praise him Hmm? but if you praise him in the storm he sees it as great faith and God inhabits the praise of his people isn't that what the Bible says? Amen. This is how we release powerful spiritual beings to work on our behalf. They respond not to our begging and pleading, although God is compassionate. We have a, a great high priest, Jesus, who's who's been tempted in every way just as us. That's why he's compassionate and we can relate to him and we can talk to him about everything. Because he's been here, huh? Just as we have. He was he, he set aside all of his... his uh, his uh, authority as, a, as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he became just like us so that he would qualify to be a kinsman redeemer to get us out of the mess we were in. God, yes, amen. amen. Or oh me.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so they don't respond to us begging and pleading, um, unfortunately. So it's important that Christians know that. And you can call your prayer chain and you're not going to twist God's arm. But through the word of God, spoken in faith, they do respond. huh? We can't pray enough or praise enough or speak edifying words enough to move God, though. You say, well, wait a second. I thought you just said those things get supernatural. Yes, but God can't be moved by us because he's not stuck. He already moved 2,000 years ago. Before we ever had a need or a problem. Because of what Jesus accomplished on our behalf. Jesus has already accomplished everything. And everything is already on account. God already loves you. God has already accepted you in the Beloved if you've chosen Jesus. He's made all provision. All forgiveness for your sins. All deliverance and healing and salvation for you in Christ. By grace. Hmm? Now we're just learning to appropriate by faith what God has already provided by grace. Isn't that right? So faith is what? The hand that reaches out and takes hold of the things that are provided by grace. Yeah. It's a good way to see it. And, And it's good. Everything he's done is good. Everything he's provided for us is good. But we're learning to cooperate with the spiritual laws and the provision that is already in place for our benefit, not for our harm. Mm -hmm. But left unattended, it won't help us. That's why I say sometimes people are dying, what they don't know is killing them. Yeah, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge, and you know what he I means by that is knowing me—the same knowing that that uh, they, well, that he used in uh, Genesis when Adam knew Eve, and they conceived and had a child or in John seventeen three, where he says that this is eternal life that they know you the one true God and your son Jesus Christ whom you sent so there's a knowing which is an intimate passionate relationship with God and that's what he's after from us huh that's what he wants is you yes. yeah he sowed the best seed he the only seed the best seed his son Jesus to get a crop of beautiful believers, of children for himself like you. Huh? Amen. Yeah. Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And this was, <laughs> this is something interesting. He said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? And he's not saying this because it's like, I wrote these ten commands, and if you don't, I'm going to strike you down. And no, that's he, 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 he got rid of all that for us. Huh? He he finished that. He did it. We couldn't, but he did. So now it's gone. That the rules that were used that Satan could accuse you with, Jesus took away, set it aside, nailed it to the cross. Complete. A plus, 100, done. Credited to Dan's account. Credited to Cheryl's account. And will. Hey, thank you, Lord. I needed it. (laughs) Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against that house, it didn't stop the flood, but it left him unscathed. When it broke against that house, it could not shake it because it had been well built. That's you. You're that house, huh? But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So listen. I want to look. Go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And uh, this is only verse 1 through 44. (laughs) So, what I'm going to do is just challenge you and encourage you to read that this week. Meditate on it if you get a chance. And I'll give you a little cliff notes, huh? (laughs) Fair enough. I see y'all saying, Thank you, Lord. (laughs) So, you remember Jesus' friend Lazarus? He had those two sisters, Martha and Mary. And Jesus loved Lazarus and he loved his, his whole family and they were really his friends. I love when before Jesus went to deal with his last final week in uh, Jerusalem knowing what was going to happen he went to Bethany first where they lived and he just chilled out and he relaxed there and they gave him a big banquet and he just had a nice time with his friends. He needed that, you know. But Lazarus died and They came and told Jesus about it. And, uh, well, he was was sick. And they came and told Jesus about it. And he did not go immediately. He took some days to relax where he was before he went, didn't he? And then he told the disciples, Alright, we're going to go. Lazarus sleeps and we're going to go. And they're like, well, if he's asleep, he'll get well, Lord. And he, and he finally had to tell him, he's dead. <laughs> so let's look in John chapter eleven, verse forty. I'll skip. I'll skip about forty verses. We'll go right to
1: right to
0: verse forty, huh? John eleven, verse forty, and it says. Uh, Jesus, okay, so I'll back up a little bit. <laughs> uh, they came and they they, let me just tell you, he came to the place where Lazarus lived. He had been dead for several days, and there were mourners there, friends and family who were comforting his sisters, and They they basically said, you know, if you'd have been here, this this wouldn't have happened. And uh, they sort of blamed him a little bit. But then he asked, let's just start right here in the 38th verse. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And this is after they had already doubted. And then they they even said, we know that he'll be raised up at the last day and all that. So they had some faith, but not about this. Because not only had he been sick and Jesus not got there to heal him, which they believed he could do, they had that much faith, but he died. And they might have even probably had enough faith to believe he could have brought him back if he got there right away and he was still fresh. (laughs) But, But they told him, now he stinketh. He'd been in there for some days now. What was it four days? And, and Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha and the sister of the dead the sister of the dead man When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips. Are you talking about it? You ever seen a mummy? is what he looked like, walking out, all bound up with all the linen strips and everything. But he came out walking like a mummy. His hands and feet bound with linen strips. And his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them. Unbind him and let him go. Or loose him. And let him go. I'm going to stop right there. For time's sake. <laughs> Listen. Point I want to make about this briefly. Is that. Jesus rose from his tomb for us, didn't he? Thank God. Without that empty tomb, we're sitting here for nothing. Jesus rose from his tomb for us, and now we need to come out of ours for him. Yes? (laughs) And we have been resurrected to new life if we've been born again, haven't we? Basically Jesus has said, "Come forth." And we've come forth, but a lot of us are still in grave clothes, folks. Huh? Colossians 1:13 says, "He hath delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of our beloved Son." So, we have been translated from one kingdom to the to another. We are now citizens of the kingdom of heaven. huh? We belong to Jesus Christ. Bought and paid for with the most priceless thing in all the universe. Which is just a single drop of Jesus' blood. Which he poured all out for us. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7. I won't read them again. Maybe. But it says that... If I say it right, but it says we were dead. We were dead before Jesus saved us. We were dead in sins and trespasses. Isn't that what it says? Don't make me go there. you got to agree with me. Okay. Our spirit was dead. Our spirit man was dead. Adam and Eve died the day they ate of the fruit, but they live about 900 years. They died spiritually. Hmm? God is a spirit, John 4, 24. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we are spirits with a soul in a body. Hmm? And it's always going to be like that, even in heaven. The spirit has been renewed. You have the very mind of Christ. It's incorruptible, perfect, and sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now, this that's the spirit I talk about that's in agreement with God that you can't discern with your natural senses. Now, what's being renewed, according to Romans twelve one and 2, if you, if you allow the word to renew your mind, is this soulish realm. And if you get this soulish realm in agreement with this spiritual being, this third part of you, this body will just follow suit, two against one. Amen. Huh? Amen. And then you're gonna you're gonna be renewed. You're gonna continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ as this word helps you and the Holy Spirit helps you. And then so you'll learn part now and then when you see him face to face, this soulish realm will just be finished off. It'll he'll finish what, what's lacking. Hmm? And then you're going to get a new one of these, folks. Brand new body. Im- imperishable. Alright. It's going to be awesome. Our spirit man was dead. Jesus raised us from the dead. But we still got some grave clothes. What's that mean? We need to be loosed. We need to be loosed from the, the death clothes of, of what? what? What would be like guilt? Huh? Is guilt... Does guilt weigh people down? Does it help or edify them and build them up? Or does it prevent them from being all that they can be for God? Guilt and condemnation. You know what? To be condemned is just to be... Like if they condemn a building, it's just to be unfit for use. Huh? And that's what people walk around in condemnation. Oh, you know, maybe this to them. But not me. I've, you just don't know who I am or who I was. Whatever. You're making a bigger deal out of your sin than you are the love of God. His love is bigger than your sin. Guilt, condemnation, unworthiness, poverty, huh? strife, tombs, living in the tombs, tombs of addiction. We have a lot of tomb dwellers all around us. Drugs and alcohol and porn and sex trafficking, human trafficking, hmm? right in our midst, bitterness, negativity, sexual immorality, murder. Some are addicted to their cell phones, (laughs) to the internet. Some have made other people their addiction. Some have made their work their God. Some, I mean, you know, we want to be merciful. I'm not trying to condemn anyone. I'm saying there's a lot of people in grave clothes all around us, and we might even have some ourselves. <laughs> and we want to be merciful at all times, especially if we've been set free. But we all need some help. H E L P, heal, empower, love, and profit. We all need some help. Jesus told Lazarus, He told Lazarus, family and friends. If you read all 44 verses there, you read the story about that. He told the family and friends of Lazarus to loose him, didn't he? I mean, he wasn't talking to Lazarus. He was bound. He told his family and friends, loose him and let him go. I think that's significant. Your friends have a big impact on your future, folks. Hmm. Yes they do 1 Corinthians 15.34 says Don't be deceived you know, I don't care what argument you have Paul just saying I'm going to just cut to the chase here Jesus did that a lot too He'll be asking him something he would just answer a whole other question It seemed like He knew what they needed He said don't be deceived Bad company corrupts good character Whoever, whatever you are listening to, whatever going in these eye and ear gates, whoever you're around, whoever is having an impact on your thinking and your actions, they're having an impact on your life. That's just a fact, isn't it? I mean, even people that you know, you don't have to be church folk to know that. Hmm? That's how come Mama was so watchful when you were a kid. Who's this boy? I don't. Who is it? I don't know him. You know. Who is this? Who is this kid you're hanging around with? That's why. Because mama knows. Mama knows a lot of stuff. (laughs) Mama will call you up at midnight. What are you doing there? Better get your butt home. 3,000 miles away. How do you know? Get home. (laughs) We are moving into revival, folks. Third grade Awakening. I saw where a bunch of South Koreans, a couple of hundred of them, come to this country and they're going around to like 20-something cities praying for Third grade Awakening. Isn't that something? Andrew heard the Lord say we had entered into the beginning phases of it last year in Oklahoma City. He heard God say that. And we've been planning and, 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 and experiencing the beginning phases of that ever since. And it's wonderful to see that it's being taught and told to other people People around the body of Christ. Amen. But we are moving into revival. The third great awakening. And 1 Peter 4.17 says, Judgment begins at the household of God. God is shaking everything that can be shaken. Everything that is not of Him. And what's going to be revealed is the real end times church. Amen. Huh? Amen. I saw some, we've seen a lot of shaking going on. I saw some shaking just recently. I saw shaking of, uh, of ministers. People that I know. Shaking. Shaking loose. Listen. You're not deceiving God. And it's the judgment of the household of God starts right here in this pulpit. There's a lot of churches after COVID that didn't reopen and Andrew said, Good. Good. If, if, if God wasn't a member of that church They don't need to be there And you're going to see a lot more of it Because the deception is growing Bigger and bigger and bigger And they've got this deal Where they've, they've found a way To make good business out of church And a lot of times God not there And that's going to be shaken Shaken, shaken Because the ones who suffer When this is corrupt This pulpit is corrupt is the body, the children, and as Jesus is saying that those, those are my sheep, yep. That's huh? Right. That's why I take it so seriously. Yes. Yes. I don't want you to hear anything that I have to say apart from God. Amen. Not saying something doesn't slip out from time to time,
1: <laughs>
0: but. I do my very best to hear God, and He knows I don't you just glue my mouth shut. If it didn't, you, right. I mean, I, 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 that, I honestly feel that way. There's going to be a lot going on in these time because during Reformation, during awakenings and revivals, and there's there's usually a lot of bad things that go with it. Hmm? Because under extreme pressure, the body of Christ has always thrived. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that. Now listen, I have a lot of friends. I don't want you to think that you need to become one of those church folks that are the reason your neighbors don't go to church. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm?
0: When, Like Gandhi's testimony. And he'll have to answer to God himself because if he truly found the lord and believed the bible he read in prison like he said and wanted to become a christian then there's no excuse but he went to a church when he got out of prison and it was a denominational missionary church over there in africa and they would not let him in and the rest of his life he told folks i would have been a christian but then i met one yeah and so we don't want to be that stumbling block huh Uh, And so that's important. And so I have a lot of friends, and I would call them friends, that are are tomb dwellers. The people that I'm talking about here. So we don't want to become Pharisees, right? (laughs) We don't want to be judgmental people. Hypocrites. Because we all need Jesus. I have friends, though, that are in mummified grave clothes. Believe me. Lots of them. But I... Am having an impact on their lives, as far as I can tell, to some degree. And anything I have to do with somebody in their life, I I I pray and I believe that it's always going to point back to Jesus, huh? So I'm having an impact on these people's lives. They're not there yet, and they may tell me straight up, "Nah." But they still hear me and I see response. I see things happening in their lives and I'm praying for them. And so at least that's my goal for the good, for Jesus, for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Now, if I realize they're having a negative effect on me, then they have to go. It doesn't mean forever. But there has to be some boundaries there. I will continue to pray for them, for God to get a hold of their hearts, for relationship to be restored. That's how, I know, that's how you know it's not sinful, that you're not in bitterness or unforgiveness or angry and be trying to be malicious or hurt someone, huh? That's not allowed. But if they're ungodly and they're having an ungodly influence on you or your family or those around you, get rid of them. Huh? At least temporarily, at least, and there's some people that are, that they have they have access to some parts of your life and not others. And you, the Lord, Holy Spirit will explain that to you if you ask Him. The making sense so far? <laughs> okay, good. So I've matured, and and, and, and thank you to God. It's all, all to the glory of God if I have anything good in me. But I've matured enough in the Lord that I've crucified my flesh enough with Christ that I can I, I can't I can't be tempted with the things that 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 used to hinder me. Huh? I could you, you you could all be in here drinking and snorting cocaine and smoking cigarettes and it would not even I would not even have an inkling, huh? You could all be running around in your bathing suits half naked. I don't care. I love my wife. I'm thankful that I'm, you know, I don't have those sort of things. So I can go like Jesus did in the midst. Yes. huh? Yes. I can go into the midst of them and to the harvest field and try to bring some out. And thank God He's used me to do that. And I am thankful for anyone that I've... Even if it's just one in this whole scheme of things... If it were just one and I see them in heaven, God says one soul is worth more than this whole world. So it would have been worth it. Yeah. But I don't recommend this for everyone. I don't recommend it. It it, it requires some time to grow and mature and to be rooted and grounded in Christ, in His love for you, in your new identity and your authority and your love and desire to serve and glorify Him and to be a blessing to His sheep, which sometimes bite, by the way. And sometimes it takes a little time, you know. I don't recommend somebody who's brand new to the Lord who's just come out of something bad to go right in the midst and go try to get, now that they're excited about it, go try to get all their friends because they might end up staying longer than they want to stay. Okay, okay, you get it. Galatians 6.1, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome, I don't know why I'm looking at you, May, today when I say this right here. We've been, we've been through some stuff, May and I. May has been fighting for the kingdom of God for years, longer than me. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. Yeah. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So this is the thing I'm saying. You need to be strengthened. You need to be matured a little bit. And May is. She didn't fall into temptation. I'm just saying. She's one of those that has gone after God's people and tried to help and try to fix things. Huh? First John 4, 6 says, We are from God. This is John, the Apostle John, saying, We're from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us, but this, by this we know the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, of truth and the spirit of error. Okay? He's saying... He's saying, John was saying, we, the apostles, belong to God. So, uh, saved people hear us. And so when he speaks to you through, through these epistles, through the gospels, he says, you, 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 you're going to listen to him if you belong to the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, if you're saved, you're going to hear John. You're going to hear Peter. You're going to hear Jesus. Amen? Amen? Not everyone is going to hear you. Because, and don't be offended by this, the world is dead spiritually. They're born that way, folks. They don't even have the ability to understand this. It is foolishness to them. And until the gospel is preached to them and that seed of faith goes in and they go, oh, I believe. And I receive it. Praise God. That. Until that happens, they don't even have the ability. So don't get mad and offended with folks, huh? You were like that too, and remember that. (laughs) The world's dead in sins and trespasses, just as you and I were at one time before we accepted Jesus. Those who know God, who belong to God, who are sensitive to God, they will hear you. So keep trying. Don't give up, and then just don't get offended or discouraged when they don't. But you have a message. You have folks that will hear you, huh? Yes. You do. If you're a believer, and I always say if, if you're a believer, it's good to be a believing believer. huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Don't waste your time and damage your heart. By being offended with folks i don 't know why i'm laboring with that, but god's blessings and favor flow from a merry heart yes. so don't be offended because it's it hinders it hinders your reception huh remember when you I was the youngest of five so i 'm the one that had to hold the antenna with the Ten foils. Stand right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, when you, your unforgiveness and bitterness hinders your your reception of God. He's always turned on. He's always blasting out the blessing. He's spoken over you and everything. But your receiver can get messed up. You can get hardness of heart. And that's a whole other uh, month or two of teachings. And I can <laughs> prolong that for now. But a merry heart does good like medicine. Remember that. You know, you need to you need to be one of those that says, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength, Amen. Amen. The merry heart does good like medicine. You know the other part of that scripture, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A broken spirit dries the bones. Mm. The world's hurting, folks, and we need to be of people that are willing to be discipled and strengthened in their faith to the point where we can help a sick and dying world. But we have to be wise. We can't administer help to someone else until we put the oxygen mask on ourselves. That's why they tell you that on the plane, huh? Cuz if you're no if you're not well, you can't help to make someone else well, right? How many of you just could use A little help. Don't be shy. You don't have to be super Christian. I could use a little help or a lot of help. It's okay. Huh? A lot of help. Well, listen. Happy birthday. Alright, I'm actually going to get to the message this week. (laughs) Happy birthday, praise God, because today is the day of Pentecost, folks. Do you know what that means? It means ten days ago I took my cross. It says He is risen out of the yard. Because that was ascension day. Because forty days after He rose from the dead, He ascended to heaven. After He hung around and taught them a little bit more. And then He told them to wait. And ten days later was the day of Pentecost. That was the birthday of the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the day marks that day, Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection. I love fives, for some reason. number for grace to the power of 10. 5 times 10. Yeah. <laughs> Church was born. the new and with that, the end of the law for 1500, years that nobody could keep. And it ushered in what we call the church age. This new dispensation of time. This new covenant between mankind and God. The way in which he deals with folks has changed. And it's not going to change again until Jesus returns. So we're in this church age. This this age of grace and truth has come upon us. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. huh? Amen. That's where the name of this church came from. GTC, Grace and Truth Church. So this final dispensation of time for the world has begun. And we're, we're part of it. It's been gone for about 2,000 years now. This new covenant. This new agreement. This way that God deals with man. Because of Jesus. If you know him. And it is good, good, good. Oh, if you've been reading the Bible like Randy has a lot, and you've been listening to me about learning to read through the new covenant lenses of grace, reading it through the lenses of your own righteousness, huh? because of Jesus, then all the way through that Old Testament when you see all the ugly... And all the terrible things inflicted on people, you just go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there's a picture of Jesus. Type in shadow, you see? Luke 24, verse 49. Jesus talked about this help that I said, anybody want some help or think you could use some help, a little help or a lot of help? Jesus in Luke twenty four forty nine said, Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father. It's good that I go away. What could be good about that unless he got something better? Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time while he was here as a man. But now he said, I'm going away. I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. Huh? And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, again, He said, You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, this is great news, folks. I've been talking about your words and your praise and your prayer. And this is all wonderful. And it's wonderful because all the folks who never, never get what we're fixing to talk about right here, they're still saved and they're still blessed. And their prayer and praise... And thanksgiving and words, if they do it right, can still benefit them greatly. God is good. God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And there's righteous believers that you will see in heaven that never experienced all the benefits of their salvation because of some unbelief or some wrong teaching, doggone it, that has hindered them. And they got their minds all closed and their hearts hardened in certain areas toward God. So please open your hearts and minds to receive from God and just be have that childlike faith, huh? Remember Exodus thirty two, verse twenty eight. I don't really expect you to, but when I tell you what happened there, you will. The day that Moses got so ticked off, he'd been up there with God on that mountain. And he came back with those tablets, and and they had done bad down there, hadn't they? Well, that day that the law was given, 3,000 people, Moses commanded 3,000 people to be put to death. Right there at the foot of Mount Sinai. So the day the law was given, 3,000 people died. Read Now, read with me in Acts chapter 2. This is the day of pentecost starting at the first verse when the day of pentecost arrived now you know what that is 50th day after jesus rose from the dead they were all together in one place because here you know what he told them he says you're going to be my witnesses you're going to be you're going to go and tell everything you've learned about me from my whole three and a half year ministry and they were well prepared they were well qualified Wouldn't you think they, had, they knew more about Jesus and had seen Him do more. And they had plenty of ability and power and knowledge to go and share Him with the world. But He said, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Wait until you receive the promise of the Father. Jesus received it Himself. They received it. And He told us to receive it. And what kind of arrogance it takes for us to say, well, I don't need that.
1: <laughs>
0: if those men needed it to go and witness for Jesus and power and authority, so do we. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and then suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested. Remember when Jesus came up out, of the, out from His water baptism by His cousin John the Baptist, and then also the, the dove rested upon Him. See? Okay. And suddenly, uh, uh, divided tongues rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit to begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. 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 <laughs> Uh, I'm going to, for time's sake, I'm going to skip some things. But look, so, this happened. They all began to speak in, in tongues. And it was only nine o'clock in the morning. The people around in Jerusalem saw them. And they started accusing them of being drunk. Because it sounded, it wasn't, you know, and Peter said, hey, hey, they're not drunk as you think. It's only nine in the morning. And, I always say that wouldn't have mattered to me at one time. That's about the time I would get started. Or keep going. What day is this? But he was right. It shouldn't be the case. So he says only nine in the morning. But what you're seeing is uh, the the, the prophecy that Joel spoke about in Joel chapter 2. He said "It's, it's come to pass. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. And so this was the birth of the church. And then Peter got up and preached a message that day. And it was powerful. This man that had denied Jesus three times and then had been restored on the beach that morning at breakfast, he stands up. Now he's been endued, clothed with power from on on high and he speaks an anointed message. And unlike the 3,000 that died when the law was given, 3,000 were added to the church that day. Hallelujah. What a beautiful thing. We're still talking about tapping into the supernatural help that we need. Amen? Amen. Jesus talked about it a lot. John 14, verse 16, he was talking about his going away and what was going to come to pass. And he said, when I go, he said, I'm going to ask the Father and he's going to give you another helper. There's that help I'm talking about. An advocate, a helper, a paraclete in the Greek. To be with you forever. Romans 8, 26. In certain ways we are weak. I chose this contemporary English version. In certain ways we are weak. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. So he's pointing out a weakness that we have, huh? And also the help regarding that weakness. For example, we don't know what to pray for. How many of you ever felt that way? Well, you're right. The Spirit prays for us in ways that cannot be put into words. This Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And that weakness is that sometimes we just don't know what to pray. We don't know what our problem really is or where it came from, do we? Oh, you'll have to think about that because I'm telling you I'm right. <laughs> Even in our own bodies, we don't know where it came from, what it is, or what to do about it. And in all situations and circumstances of our lives and of those we love and of people we don't even know all around the world, we have a whole family of that this church. We all sell in the same celebrating the same birthday today. Amen. Amen. This help in the Greek means um, it's a paraclete, it's someone that takes a hold, comes alongside and takes a hold together with us. Huh? Not someone that comes and does it for us. Hmm? If I say, hey, come help me move this table, Randy, which I've done a bunch of times. (laughs) And then I just stood there and watched him. He'd be like, glad I could help. But that's not help. (laughs) I just asking him to do it, right? (laughs) But... It's someone that comes along and takes a hold together with us. Okay, so the Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues, folks. Do you realize this? He helps us to, though, by giving us a language which is not understandable in our own human dialect. Hmm? Though sometimes it can be, and I can tell you stories about that when not known to me or known to those who are speaking it at the time, but it might be a known language to those in the in presence, and it, it'll cause them to believe, and they'll be like, "This dude's reading my mail in my language," and I know he's just a hick from Texas. He didn't speak Cantonese when he walked in the door, but I have. I've spoke Korean. I've spoke all sorts of Indian dialects and different things that I was like, whoo, that's cool, Lord. What am I doing? I'm helping somebody, though. and And I can tell you all about that. You say, well, I know some of you, maybe. You say, well, when I was saved, I got the Holy Spirit. And I know preachers that, well, besides all the Many, many multitudes of them that say, Oh, this is of the devil. <laughs> then there are others that say, You got everything you needed when you were born again. Okay. Listen. You did get the Holy Spirit when you were born again. Yes, you did. Matter of fact, Romans 8 9 says, If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you don't belong to Christ. Hmm? When you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Hmm? You're talking about this, born, renewed your... Your spirit and sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So He comes to live inside you. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a separate thing, yes. He comes upon you yes. like the dove or like the tongues of fire, is the analogies that we've talked about today. This is getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. At salvation, as in John 4 14, Jesus said this Jesus said, The water that I shall give you, shall be a well inside of you. Huh? Now this well, this is talking about salvation. This well inside of you is for what? Your personal benefit. Huh? This is for your personal benefit, for eternal life. Right? And that is a wonderful thing. But listen, you can't give your eternal life to someone else. They have to experience it for themselves. That's salvation. Acts 10 verses 44 through 48. And I won't go there. I won't go there. But Peter, who was a devout Jew, was called to go to some uh, Gentiles home. Cornelius. And he didn't want to go. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't want to go because they were unclean and all that stuff And this is where the Lord showed him that Jesus is for the Gentiles too yeah. But he went to Cornelius' house He finally, after all the things, that it's a cool story, you should read about it But he went to Cornelius' house and, the whole, and while Peter was still talking to them The Holy Spirit fell upon Cornelius and his whole family And they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy, didn't they? Then they were water baptized. So don't get yourself into a, a box on how God has to do things. Yeah. Yeah. You know He can do it in any order. When Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, He simultaneously got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see here Cornelius and them, they got it while they were being ministered to. And then they were water baptized. And then I can show you where it was done, just the opposite and things like that. So we don't want to ever put God in a box. He's God and we're not. Amen? Amen. Okay, cool. John 7, verses 37 and 38. Jesus said, now listen to this. A river flows out of our belly, right? Now this is for others. And then he said something that's interesting. Jesus said a river flows out of the belly as the scripture has said Now usually there's things in the in the Old Testament one thing you can't find in the Old Testament is anyone speaking in tongues right. They didn't have that then The only time someone was anointed with the Holy Spirit like Isaiah and then was a special impartation from God you see But now it's different so He said, though, as Scripture said, so just because you had seen it in the Old Testament, Jesus said it, so it's true, isn't it? Well, here's where you can find it. It's in Ezekiel chapter 47, starting at the first verse. And I'm not going to go over there because I'll stay too long because it's really cool and fun to talk about the temple. And what this is, is a description of the temple But he's starting in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1. It's all type and shadow, but he's talking about what he saw at the temple. Now listen, now you are the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, he's talking about what he saw coming from uh, beneath the threshold, beneath the door. What is the door of your temple? Your mouth. So beneath the door of your temple, he saw water flowing. And then as he went further and further, he saw it turn into a river. And then as he went further and further, it got deeper and, he, and it became rivers. Rivers. So the, the, the flow was increasing and, and spreading and it was getting more powerful, wasn't it? Based on what I'm telling you, you can go study it out for yourself. But like I said, folks, we're the temple; the door is our tongue, and deep below the threshold is a source of water, huh? And the Holy Spirit, when we pray in tongues, you getting when you pray in tongues? I'm going to touch on an area now where, where why people struggle with it. Because usually, a lot of times when people pray in tongues, even if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the only time they ever use that gift is just to go and check and see if they're still saved.
1: <laughs>
0: That's just a religious thing, folks. Yeah. huh? Some people have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They did receive it and they've never spoken in tongues yeah. because they've got a wrong mindset. Yep. Okay, but when, when, you, when you're praying in tongues, is it getting deeper and deeper and deeper? As long as the water keeps flowing, it should be. It should be. Because you, you just need to get to the point where you can't stop it. It's, just so, it is so, it's flowing and, and, and it's how it gets when we're speaking and praying in our own private prayer language. Now, this isn't something to be done out of order in a church. That's why you don't see it here, folks, because that's not how it's supposed to be. If you ever do, it'll be a different thing. It's a gift. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit, which there'll be a tongue if someone has one and they do it in order properly. Otherwise, I'll tell them to sit down. Because God is a God of order. But if there is a tongue, there'll be an interpretation. God can give it to that same person or someone else. But this is different from your prayer language. This is your own private thing. And if you're struggling in your prayer life, which most people do apart from it, then you need to know what I'm telling you today. This, I talk about your words, and I talk about your praise, and I talk about your prayer. This is the form of prayer that is the most powerful and the most effective and influential thing in the Christian life if you take advantage of what God has offered you. You need to utilize it more though. That's why most people are struggling. If they, they have it, they don't use it, they don't really, see, I don't really see the benefits because you need to stick with it. You need to, you need to pray in the Spirit and, you, and that water will come forth. And then the longer you do it, the river will begin to flow and then it will become rivers. And then wherever that water goes, wherever that river flows, it's going to bring healing, folks it's going to bring healing yes. the whether it's in you or in someone else but but those who refresh others will be themselves refreshed you yes. can't outgive god and if he decides to use you and you should be thankful if he does and i i can tell you and my wife can tell you and i can tell you many more times that he has shared with me privately how when i've been praying in the spirit i've been praying for others yes. He's had me pray uh, for for people halfway across the world in France. He's had me pray for other. I mean, there's things that we could talk about just for fun and and, and just to brag on God. But when you when the Holy Spirit takes you, it will provide healing for you, for others, for total edification. It's going to build you up in your most holy faith. The Holy Spirit knows. The parts of you that are dead. huh? There's parts of you, there's strongholds in your mind, there are things that you think wrong, there are parts of your body, things that you don't even know or recognize. Some things you do know. You just don't know what to do about it. And just like that woman with the issue of blood, you spent all your money on the doctors and you've come to the end of yourself and you say, if I could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I will be healed. Listen. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray in the Spirit and stick with it. Stick with it. Don't make a work out of it, but have fun with it. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the Lord knowing. See, and the more you know that the things that I'm telling you are true and you search them out for yourselves, the more excited you'll get about it. Because it's a good thing. It's a beneficial thing, not only for you, but for others. But the, the Holy Spirit knows every area of you and He's going to cause it to be affected with His healing power. His love. And it's going to edify you and for the kingdom. And He can have you to pray, like I said, for someone across the world. Or He can have you pray for someone in your family. Or someone, or your, or for yourself. Things you don't even need to know. And that's why it takes a lot of faith. Because it, sound, it seems like foolishness. I can tell you personally, this is the one thing. When I came to the... The Lord got a hold of me, and he got me good, and I knew I was good and saved. And I said, I'm going to love you forever. I'm never going to ask you to leave. And then I said, I ain't doing that. That ain't of God, and I ain't doing that. And you know what they told me? Okay. Well, it wasn't probably 24 hours before I was... You know, I was uh, deep in the river and it was flowing and I was blessed and I knew it was God. And I knew that I knew it. And you can't unscramble these eggs now, you see. I know the truth and it has set me free in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians verse, chapter 14, verses 5 through 19. I'm not going to read it, but Paul said, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. And I speak in tongues more than all of you. And he said, when it comes to the spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. And then he was correcting a lot of the immaturity and the things in these churches with these letters. And so he was saying, I'd rather speak 10,000 uh, you know, in one word uh, in, a, in a known tongue in a church setting than 10,000 in a, an unknown tongue because it doesn't edify those who hear. So in other words, he was just setting things in order. But he said, hey, but praying in the, in the Spirit is great. And I pray in tongues more than all of you, and I wish all of you would. Isn't that what Paul said? And so we want to, we want to understand that. And when he went, and then, and, uh, and I, I'm just finishing up here, I noticed the time. But in Acts chapter 19, verse 2, Paul went to Ephesus on one of his missionary trips, and he met 12 believers that he had never met before. And he asked them, Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you, when you believed? And they said, We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. This is uh, most of the denominational churches in our world. <laughs> and, or we, you know, at least they didn't say, no, we heard about him, but he's not allowed in our church. <laughs> you know, they just said, no, we didn't even know that was what, what, you know. And so he, he baptized them with the Holy Spirit right then. They spoke in tongues. And, and there's lots and lots of scriptures and things like that. And I just... I, I can help you. I can I can give you more to for your understanding. If you don't understand, if you if you're scared of it, if it's something that freaks you out a little bit, don't let it. Yeah. Because it's sad that uh, there are people that still don't know or have come in contact or not taught properly about the third person of the Trinity, because he is been has been sent to help us. And there's some wonderful things that he has for us. Um, in Mark chapter 16, verse 16 through 20, Jesus said this My believers, can you raise your hand if, you, if, you're, if you're with it so far? He was talking about you then, right? Mm-hmm. My believers will speak in new tongues yes. Yes. and cast out demons.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. Huh? Amen. And juggle snakes. No. He. That's part of it. I didn't... But he says that they'll handle snakes and they'll drink any deadly thing. It's not... You see these snake jugglers, right? The ones in churches I'm talking about. That is dumb. That is tempting God and that is not wise. What he's talking about is you're going to be protected. You're going to be blessed and anointed. You're going to be like Paul when he was shipwrecked and went on, on to the he got, made it to shore and they built a fire and, a, and a, the fire brought a snake up out of the hole and it latched on. It was a viper. It was a poisonous snake and he just shook it off into the fire and went about his business. And then they thought he was a god because it didn't kill him. So it was a poisonous snake but he said no 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 i just have jesus Amen. huh so oh man there's a lot of other things i want to share with you but i ran out of time but acts 10:38 is a scripture i always talk about and and they were trying to tell some folks about jesus I said, haven't you heard of jesus of nazareth how god anointed him with power and with the holy ghost And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Jesus himself. I know that people get freaked out when you take away the deity of Jesus Christ. But he took his own deity and set it aside when he came here to be like us. That's what qualified him to be your kinsman redeemer while he was here. He was always God. But he had set aside all of those rights and privileges and he made himself just like us. You know what caused him to do all the mighty works and and miracles and signs and wonders he did? The baptism of the Holy Spirit that he received right there in the river Jordan. He, he, He gave himself nothing that you do not have access to in this life now don't get me wrong he's the king of kings and lord of lords and when we see him again he won't be a suffering savior he will be a conquering king he's going to be coming in his glory and majesty and we're going to be like woo hallelujah take advantage of everything that God has for you it's all important it's all good if it's God it's good huh good God bad devil that's uh, one more thing You know who hates this? The devil. The devil is the one who does what he did to me. That's foolishness. I ain't doing that. First of all, it's going to ruin my reputation. I'm going to look silly. But you don't have to do it in public. If you do, that is kind of silly. You can do it. I I pray in tongues all day long. And when I get too close proximity to people, I'm speaking low in my voice. But it, when you talk to yourself all the time, people think that's kind of weird. So what I do is I sing. You can... See, they don't... They, they just think that that's some song I know in another language. It's beautiful, really. So, <laughs> you know, I, I do that. I pray in the Spirit way more than I pray in my known language. And and if you're having trouble in your prayer life, I would, I would challenge you to do what Paul did, he said, I'm I'm going to be done. I'm just done. But what Paul said is, I pray in the Spirit and I pray in my known tongue. I sing in the Spirit and I sing in my known tongue. Praising to God. So, listen, if you ever felt like, man, I just, my prayer life is, I'm not one of them big super Christians like these other guys. And, you know, I... I've made up my mind, you know, I do my devotional, and then I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for an hour this time, you know, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and you pray for all the missionaries around the world, and you pray for everyone you love, and, and you think, okay, that's got to be at least an hour, probably more. <laughs> and you look up and it's been three minutes okay it's like uh, and next thing you know you've made it into a work you know and I can tell you preachers and including me and and people that you get to the point where you're like uh, I'm sort of dreading this and if you could hear the Lord he would be saying me too Uh, me too so you know before I ever get out of bed in the morning I pray in the spirit I begin to I thank Him. I enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter His courts with praise. Thank You, Lord. Praise You, Lord. I begin immediately to pray in the Spirit. I know ministers that are, well, passed on now, but he, he said, I, I pray for a while in the Spirit before I ever even think about praying in my known tongue in the morning. He goes, Cause I don't know. I, I don't know what to pray. And, you know, I think that's very honest because, I mean, a lot of times we know what to... our our wish list is, we know what our negative complaints are, and we know what our fears are, but all, you know, the Holy Spirit knows what we need. Yeah, yeah. Huh? And if you want Him to give you the words to pray and bypass this flesh and go directly to the throne of God with things that really build up, He says, when you pray in the Spirit, you're building yourself up in your most holy faith. Building yourself up in love. Jude, Jude 20. Anyway, if you need help with this, all you got to do is ask the Lord. This is not a hard thing. This is just like the prayer. You know, my prayer for salvation was, Lord, if you'll come into my home and my heart today, I'll never ask you to leave again. That was not a prayer you've ever seen written in a book or heard any preacher say it in an altar call. But I can tell you what, he came running Amen. And it's the same with this. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give you the Holy Spirit? Or in one Gospel it says, good, good, good gifts to His children. The other Gospel it says, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Yes. All you've got to do is ask Him. Amen. Lord Jesus, I already received you as my Lord and Savior. Now fill me with you. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I see I need this to, to live out the Christian life in power and victory. Please, Lord, give it to me. You don't have to beg him. He wants to give it to you. And then just believe. Just then stop asking him for it. You only have to ask once, just begin thinking. Thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord and then some some syllables will will, will rise up on you they want he 's not going to cause you to grab hold of the mic in Kroger's and just start pre- praying in tongues one day that 's what happens a lot of people say he 's never he 's never given me that he, he, you know what you 're saying he's never taken you possessed you and taken over your voice and and and, 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 and made you he 's not going to he doesn 't speak in tongues he will give you the words to speak and you've got to open your mouth and at first it's not going to be like my prayer language which has matured in the last many years and probably some of yours it'll sound like baby talk it might be one syllable over and over and over don't think that's not god and you the devil will, t- will try to convince you because he hates it he hates it he hates it he hates it you know why he doesn't understand it and he knows it's edifying you it's building you up and it's doing good for you and for others and he hates it he hates it and he'll try to talk you out of it he'll try to convince you it's evil and he and he'll 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 just feel, make you feel like condemned about it don't listen to him reject him run him off believe Jesus have that childlike faith trust me on this folks I really want to help you today if you I, I believe that most of you are baptized in the Holy Spirit today I think probably none of you or none of us use it as much as we should so do that if you already have been baptized in the Holy Spirit if you haven't I urge you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues this does this evidence you talk about this is not evidence that you're saved. If you receive Jesus, when, when, when Doubting Thomas said, before the Holy Spirit had ever come, when Doubting Thomas saw Jesus and he said, my Lord and my God, he was saved right there. Amen. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. He is saved. All the Baptists down the street are saved. You know what I mean? I mean, if, they, if, they, if they've received Jesus. I, I don't know who's saved in a church. That, just because you go to church do not mean you're saved. So I'll take that back. But you know what I'm saying. You don't have to have this. You get to have it. The same way with the tongues part. If I get the baptism with the Holy Spirit, do I have to do do that? Do I have to speak in tongues? No, it's like buying tennis shoes. You know, the tongues come with it. You you get to. You get to. And it's good. Alright, I'm done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this wonderful day, this wonderful Pentecost, this anniversary of the birthday of, the, G- of the, the Church of Jesus Christ. We are all part of one body, your body, Lord, and we thank you for this little body of believers that love you so much and come and listen to this long-winded Texas <laughs> preacher in this humble setting, Lord. We just love you so much. We thank you that we love each other. You've sent Wonderful people here. And we know that you are building this house on the strong foundation. Which is your word and your truth and your love and your peace and your salvation. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you Father. We love you. And thank you for the help that we have received from you. Help us to grow in that so that we can go out and help others with the same help we've received from you. In Jesus name. amen.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.